Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September 2020. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you're looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them at www.cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Jeff Thatcher is the founder and chief creative officer of Creative Principles, author of the CEO's Time Machine, and he is a storyteller and experienced designer of theme parks, museum, and brand experiences. I can only imagine the bravery stories associated with designing activities such like that. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how are you, Ed? Fantastic. How are you today? I'm great. Terrific. So I did a quick little bio on you, but it would be great to hear a little bit more about yourself and your career and what you do today. Well, I got my start in this crazy business as a 14-year-old cleanup boy at uh, Lagoon Amusement Park in Farmington, Utah. And I worked my way through high school and college. And after a, a brief and unspectacular career in journalism, working at a couple of newspapers, I uh, got my lucky break and I worked as a creative writer for a, a theme park and museum design firm. And really, it's just gone from there, working all over the world, everything from the Rio 2007 Pan American Games to Warner Brothers World, Abu Dhabi in uh, the UAE, Riyadh, Singapore, you name it. We've, we've been there as we traveled around the world creating these experiences. Wow. Well, I'm sure my listeners would be disappointed if I didn't ask you, you know, what does a theme park designer focus on? Well, there's lots of different disciplines when it comes to creating experiences. Uh, my specialty or my area of expertise is more on the conceptual side, early in the process, working with the client to come up with the idea and the story that will then frame the experience moving forward. Uh, I do uh, also take a concept from its uh, initiation to reality. But I would say you know, the majority of our time we spend on the early process of ideation. And you're also the author of The CEO's Time Machine. Can you tell us a little bit about how that book came about? This was an, a thought we had had for a long time. And I had written a short story back in 2016 while working on a project in Riyadh and kind of flying back and forth. And, you know, I put it on LinkedIn and like five people clicked on it and read it. And I always thought it would make a good book, but, you know, just never really went anywhere with it. And when the pandemic hit, I turned to my daughter, Zoe, who's also a designer for Creative Principles for our company. And, you know, like everybody else in the world, our projects were going on hold. Things were slowing down. We were having this pause as the economy was going into a lockdown. 
And so I turned to Zoe and I said, you know what, let's do something crazy. And we've always talked about doing this book. Let's do it. So while she worked on 43 illustrations over three weeks, uh, I recruited a great graphic designer, great, great editor, called a publisher I knew, and we were able to get the book up and published on Amazon a month later. Wow. And I think one of the unique characteristics of the book is your daughter's artwork, right? So it's not just a story that you two are telling, but helping visually bring the book to life. You know, I think it's a great story, but without those illustrations it would still be sitting on LinkedIn with five people <laughs> having read it. So it's, it's really uh, Zoe's illustrations that brought it to life. And she did an amazing job and, and also a Herculean task. What's great about working with young people is they sometimes don't realize that they're not supposed to do 43 illustrations in three weeks. And so that's fantastic. If I would have had to you know, work through normal channels, they probably would have told me, you know, oh, that's going to take three months to do 43 illustrations. But she just cranked them out. And they're really amazing. Wow, what a great story. I'm sure as a proud father, you've told her that this is really her visual book with your story versus Absolutely. it being your story with her pictures, right? It was a team effort for sure. Wow. Well, look, Jeff, uh, a lot of the guests uh, that we have on the show talk uh, with us about bravery, of course, because our show is called Be Brave at Work. You know, what words or phrases do you think of when you look back on your career and the different experiences that you've had? What words or phrases do you think of when you think of bravery? There are two things that I think of when it comes to bravery. The first is persistence, is not taking no and just keeping and pushing and pushing and pushing forward, even though you have people telling you you're idiots. I mean, I called a couple of friends of mine who are in the book industry, if you will. And one of them said, you know, if I were to try to publish a book right now during a pandemic, it would be the stupidest thing in the world to do. And I just ignored that advice and pushed forward. So, you know, I mean, the very first job I got in this industry as a 14-year-old cleanup boy, I politely bugged the manager of this swimming pool at this amusement park for about a month before she finally said yes. And you just, you know, you just have to keep pushing forward and keep asking, I think, even when you've been told no, especially in the workplace, if you really believe in what you're doing. So that's the one side of bravery. And the other side of bravery, and maybe it's also can be stupidity, is really just being blunt with people and telling people what you think. And, you know, one of the themes of the book, The CEO's Time Machine, is this whole idea of middle managers suppressing great ideas to the point where we become afraid to share our ideas. And so you have to be brave uh, to share those ideas and you have to be brave to raise your hand and say something, even if it's going to get you into trouble. And I certainly you know, I have gotten into trouble before. I've been fired twice in my career. And, you know, on the bright side, I would like to say that if I don't, you know, Tom Peters, who I used to work for the Tom Peters company a long time ago, he used to say that if you don't get fired at least once in your career, you're not trying hard enough. I do subscribe to that philosophy. I mean, if, if you don't get fired at least once, you're not being brave enough, in my opinion, because, you know, sometimes you are going to ruffle feathers if you speak the truth, in my opinion. Well, if you never, ever get fired, that means that you may be catering too much to the wants and needs of your clients, even if you disagree with their perspective. So at some point, you're going to meet a situation or a person with whom you have a differing vision, and it doesn't work out. You know, it's interesting. I'm doing another project right now 
on a guy named Buzz Price, who died about 10 years ago. And this was the, the feasibility expert for Walt Disney. So he is the person who picked the location of Anaheim. He is the person who picked the location of Orlando for Disney. And we're working with his son on another project. We got, long story short, we had so much fun working on the book and kind of generating our own intellectual property during the pandemic. We thought, well, hey, let's do this website on Buzz Price. And so we're working on that right now. But, you know, one of the things that's really great about Buzz Price is, you know, Walt Disney didn't like to be told no, but he also didn't want yes men around him. What he liked to be told is yes, if. Yes, I can do that if, you know, we do it this way. Yes, I can do that in three weeks if you give me these resources. Yes, I can do that if. It was kind of a yes, if mindset. And I think that is, in my opinion, a brave mindset to say yes, if. I mean, great leaders don't want to be surrounded by people who just tell them yes all the time. That's not brave. But at the same time, they don't want to be told no. So that mix then is that buzzism, if you will, of yes, if. Well, I love that metaphor, and that's really important for our listeners to pay attention to. It reminds me of something you hear about with impromptu comics, right? That they don't ever say yes, but, because yes, but seems to say that everything you just said doesn't apply. What you have to say is yes, and, or yes, yet, and build, and keep building and building. And as you build, greater comedy, right? And right. greater opportunities can be created. If it's yes, but you might be halting or stopping something that if it was allowed to flourish, you know, becomes Disney World. Right. Now, the problem with being brave sometimes is you do have to put yourself out there. I remember this story uh, where, you know, again, sometimes I say things that just, do they just come out of me? You know what I mean? Is that brave or is that just impulsive? I don't know. But when you do that, sometimes you get this like, you can get yourself in trouble, I guess. And I had this one experience where we were in New York at this really large ad agency. And it was like this massive table. It was like 30 feet long. There was like, you know, 40 people around it. It was ridiculous how many people were sitting around it. And I was sitting right at the middle of the table with the client right across me. And this client was incredibly difficult. She was a yeller. She liked to yell and she liked to lash out. And I was there and like four different marketing agencies were there. And we we're all working on this big launch of a hotel in Dubai. And the client felt like nobody was listening to her. And so she lashed out and she looked at me and she goes, no one is understanding what I'm saying. Repeat back to me what I just said. And I looked at her straight in the eye and I said, nobody is understanding what I'm saying. Repeat back to me what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was being funny. I was going to break the ice. And then literally it was like a, a pin, like you could hear a pin drop all around the table. All these like 30 people just totally fell silent. And the client looked at me and we had this little staring contest. And I looked at her. I wasn't going to break. <laughs> So I just like stared at her. Nobody laughed. And then finally she said, okay, moving on. And went to the next agenda. <laughs> I don't. Now, was that brave or was that stupid? I don't know. What was funny is that night at dinner, I pulled her aside and I said, how come you didn't laugh at my joke? You know what I mean? And I kind of had a conversation with her and she totally didn't get that I was trying to, she like just did not get the joke. Mm -hmm. She didn't get it. But anyway. That was one, I don't know, brave and silly moment. 
Well, that is one of the challenges with humor. Not everybody gets it. Right? Oh my gosh. So. I know. I've had so many jokes bomb. But then you have those jokes that you're like, oh man, I so wish I would have said that. <laughs> so. so so as somebody who self-declares that he sometimes says things that just come out of his mouth, do you build self-awareness around that, Jeff? Are you aware that you are at that risk or do you just let things fly? I am certainly aware of it, but I also think a part of being brave at work is being authentic to who you are. And so if being authentic to who you are is being more free in sharing your thoughts and just kind of, you know, innocently saying what's the top of your mind, I think that's okay. I mean, we all sometimes have gotten into trouble saying what's on our mind, but I think it's better to be authentic than to not be authentic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we talk about on this podcast is the ability to build self-awareness around how you are experienced by others so that you can build greater self-management. And I'm not suggesting you don't be authentic and not be yourself or not say things that need to be said, but you know, can somebody build higher self-awareness on how others experience them so they can ensure that their efforts to be brave aren't you know, met with a stare right across the table because somebody didn't get what it was that you meant to say? I hope so. But you know what? There's a, a great phrase that I often use when I'm trying to do something that I know people are going to be a little nervous about. I, I like to say, humor me for a minute. Just humor me for a minute. And that usually puts down people's defenses. So, I mean, I facilitate a lot of brainstorming workshops. And one of the things that's very common in these brainstorming workshops is people don't want to open up because they're afraid that they're going to say something that's going to be stupid because they're not paid to be creative, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And so they're worried about that. And so we do some exercises and we have some brainstorming things and it, it, they're designed to make people a little uncomfortable. And I found the best way to kind of break down those barriers and let people to really kind of come out of their shell a little bit is just to say, humor me for a minute, just humor me for a minute. Just like put up with me for a minute while I be obnoxious for a moment, just humor me. And that seems to work really well. I'm sure it works very well. One of the areas that we talk about are what I call candor bridges, which are statements you can make in advance because your self-awareness is higher uh, in advance of being blunt or candid about something to help build a bridge between what you want to say and their ability to listen to it because you don't want to shut someone down and have them get turned off and not pay attention to you, right? So I love, you know, humor me for a minute or, hey, can I be candid for a moment, right? Whatever it might be, you know, how do I open the door to saying what I need to say without just saying it and having the person react in a way that I don't need them to or want them to and continue to move forward. So I think that's a a really great way to do it. There are phrases I don't like though, like in my humble opinion, I don't like that one. (laughs) Well, that one's so bad. There's actually an acronym for it, right? (laughs) I am HB or whatever. And I'm like, well, (laughs) I, for years, asked people, what does that mean? It's like, well, it's in my humble opinion. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. No, there are a few I don't like, but but humor me seems to work. You shared a great story about bravery at work, Jeff. I'm wondering if you have any others that you could share with our audience regarding something you have said or done or didn't say or done that of many feelings included bravery. Sometimes the bravest moments don't turn out the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. And... You know, I remember 
sitting down with a, a boss and they weren't happy with the things and the organization and how it was going. And I knew I was in trouble, we'll put it that way. You know, and I'd worked there for like 15 years. And so it wasn't like I didn't know these people, right? But I, I knew I knew that things were shifting in a way that wasn't good for me. I mean, we all know that when we're at work. Mm-hmm. Again, I mean, I'd worked with these people for 15 years. I, I, I knew them. It's, and it's like you could just feel the shift. And yet I still felt it was important to say what needed to be said. And I remember, and again, this is, I don't know if this is brave or not. It just, I just remember that it certainly probably sealed, the, sealed my fate. They were planning a, a corporate retreat company meeting. They wanted uh, to do it at a cabin. And we were going to have to have, you know, different employees, different genders, sharing bathrooms, all sleeping in a cabin. And I just kind of raised my hand. I just said, you know, I don't think this is appropriate. I said, if we want to be at the cabin during the day, I think that's great. I just, I said, I just don't think it's appropriate to, you know, kind of force us all to sleep together and share bathrooms. And I said, just, I said, just in this day and age, I just don't think it's appropriate. I said, I think it'd be much better if we just all were in our own hotel room and we came together in the cabin during the day. And of course, everybody thought I was being ridiculous and stupid, but I still believe that I was right. I still believe that it is inappropriate to do that. I got into a lot of trouble with the same company because they wanted us to be a family at work. And I said to them, I already have a family. I do not need a second family. (laughs) And you know, that can get you into trouble sometimes, you know, but by the same token, if we have this unrealistic expectation that our workplace is going to be like family, that's not healthy either. I love, you know, working with people. I love collaborating on projects. I love getting things done. I love the the teams that we put together, but that doesn't mean I want them to be my family. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I want to spend every waking hour with them or vacation with them. And that's totally fine. And sometimes we're afraid to admit that. And I think we all need to be brave and admit that work is work and home is home. And it is okay not to have family at work. It is totally fine. Well, Netflix is renowned for taking a position uh, publicly that they state that they are not a family. They are a team. And some team members come and some team members go and some go on their own and some we cut, right? But that's the nature of a team. So I totally agree with that perspective, Jeff. So what happened at the cabin? Did they end up going and staying or? Well, they fired me. So they did. <laughs> they went. You know, and, you know, that goes back to. I'm brave. laughing, but not at you. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's listen, and it's the best. Both times I got fired, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. So right. listen, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, that goes to. I'll tell you another story of just absolute, you know, non-bravery, which is at the same time, all of this was happening. One of my colleagues who was also on the leadership team, he came to me and he's like, you got to look at this. I said, what, what? He goes, you got to look at this. And he showed me a calendar invite. And on the calendar invite, it said, you know, leadership offsite. And he's like, why would they go to a leadership offsite and not invite the two of us? <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> I said, well, because we're getting fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's of course, that's of course what's, and he was like, no, no, that can't be true. And of course, immediately, he immediately confronted the CEO and like, are you firing us? And of course they said no. And, you know, it's, listen, in the end, I'm so happy that I was 
terminated. <laughs> so, and I've been told so many times, don't talk about getting fired. You know what I mean? You should never tell that. You should talk about how I moved on or we separated or, you know right. what I mean? I had a transition or, you know, there's all these euphemisms that people use. And sometimes it's just better to tell the truth. Is that braver to tell the truth? I don't know. I think it is just to tell people, you know, listen, a fact's a fact. You know, I got fired after 15 years, but I'm better because of it. And I'm really happy I got fired, mm -hmm. but it's still what happened. Well, I think being more candid and transparent is always a great strategy. So I'm glad it worked out for you, Jeff. So far, so good. I should knock on wood right now. Great, great. Well, the listen, pandemic's Jeff, not over. It's <laughs> so, not over. No. We have a uh, we have a long journey ahead of us. But Jeff, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing with us your observations on bravery and your stories about uh, things that you have experienced in the past. Is there a way that folks can get in touch with you if they want to hear more about your stories or actually talk to you about the business that you're in? Sure. Probably the easiest way is to go to our book's website, ceotimemachine.com. And uh, there you'll be able to you know, connect to the book. You'll be able to you know, click on the little Creative Principles logo that's on the website to get to our homepage. And uh, certainly you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. All the different social media, which requires a whole other degree of bravery, you know, as well. <laughs> it does. <laughs> to be on social media. But that's for another podcast. That's a whole nother show. But thank you, Jeff. Uh, it was great speaking with you today. Ah, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. And we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? you have something to do yet are not doing it, now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.